But this is Living Well class. We're in, in uh, Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12 this morning. And so, you know, to review a little bit from last time. What we saw uh, uh, last time, we saw that you can fulfill the whole law simply by loving others. Okay? If I love you, if I act in a way that's loving toward you, am I going to kill you? No. Am I going to commit adultery? On No. Why? Well, that wouldn't be very loving. Am I going to lie to you if I love you? No. That would be loving myself at your expense, wouldn't it? So one thing we saw, let's go ahead here, Will, and, and, and we saw, and this was a, a verse we turned to out of Romans chapter 13 last week, but we saw that this is what the verse says, all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And if you love your neighbor, you will actually be fulfilling the different commandments that God gave us. Now, it's interesting, you can't fulfill the law by trying to fulfill the law. We're in Romans 14, and, and we've spent a year going through Romans, proving this out, okay? Now, you can't fulfill the law just by trying really hard, try harder, try harder, do better. It doesn't work that way, does it? We're recipients of grace through faith. And once we've received grace, now we can show grace. Once I've received love, well, now I can give love. Until I've received grace, I really don't have any to give, to be honest. But anyway, it's kind of a neat little paradox within Christianity. But that's by way of review, so we're not going to spend too much time on that this morning. If you've been around Christianity very much, you've seen lots of different flavors of Christianity, maybe. There's a wide range of differing and strongly held convictions and doctrines. What about alcohol? What about dancing? What about drums on stage? What about haircuts? Not an issue for me, but for some people. What about speaking in tongues? What about sacraments? What about makeup, women? Is that okay? Like, what about Second Peter? Like, you know, some churches, women can't wear makeup. I won't make any comments about that. What about liturgy? What about the, like the order of service? Like when you stand, when you sit, when you do communion, when you, like, what, what about that? Is that important? For some people, that's the whole thing. Worship is expressed through the order in which you walk through a service. Okay, here's my question, ready? Because you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Lots of different ways to do lots of different things. Here's my question. What does this have to do with making disciples? You're going to run into people that have a, already have a mindset of what they think Christianity might be. Okay. So a lot of different people come and they've got a little different ideas about how things ought to go. Okay, well, let's look at some verses. 1 Corinthians 6, okay, 12. I'm going, to, I'm going to throw out this morning, as we get started, a principle that will apply throughout this whole passage. So before we even get to Romans, I just want you to understand this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, All things are lawful for me. Paul is not under the law anymore. After he was born again, he 
He's not a Jew under the law anymore. He's not trying to earn righteousness through his works. He is now, through faith in what Christ has done, he's got a good standing with God. So he says, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are what? Expedient. Well, that's a swell sounding word. What's that mean? Anybody? What's expedient mean? Yeah. All, okay, so advantageous. Helpful. So, so it helps me accomplish whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish. That's what expedient means. Okay, so all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Okay, helpful for what, Paul? What, what is it we're trying to do here? Okay, so all things are lawful, not all things are helpful. I, I will not be brought under the power of any. <laughs> we'll see some of that in the lesson today. Let's go to the next verse, also in 1 Corinthians 10. Oh, by the way, I think, there's a, I, think, I think I put 12 in your handout. It should say 10. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. That's exactly the same phrase repeated over again. All things edify not. Not everybody, not everything builds up others. It doesn't edify them. It doesn't help them. Okay, so all things are lawful, but not all things are advantageous or helpful. Not all, I'm not going to be brought under the power of them. And, and if it doesn't edify, I don't want to waste time on it. Let no man seek his own, but every man another man's wealth. I want to focus on what's good for you. You should be focused on what's good for me. Like we ought to have that kind of attitude toward each other. Those are the kind of things that are expedient. Okay, so, so let's go on here. Um, okay, so what we're going to see here in Romans 14 is that we need to be indifferent Indifferent. There's another $3 word. Indifferent means I just don't care. And usually when someone says, well, you're just indifferent, usually they're mad about it. Because the implication is, well, you should care, but you don't. So we guys get this all the time. Well, don't you even care that I'm having a bad day? Okay, men, the answer is yes. Yes, I do care. Like, don't answer... Like, don't try to empathize. Just say yes. Yes. Isn't that right, honey? Yes. Yeah, and then you give a hug for a really long time. And like, that's, that's, because otherwise, you know what she's going to say? You're indifferent to my problems because we were being indifferent. Okay, so usually it's negative, but in this passage, what we're going to see in Romans 14 is we need to be indifferent about some of the differences that we have. We're going to see that others' weakness, that's our opportunity to be charitable, not divisive. See, God's given us a mission to walk to walk with him, to reflect who he is to the world, to have a transcendent life where I can have joy despite my circumstances. He's given us a mission to make disciples. We can't afford to let division come in and change the focus off of our walks with God and the mission that he's given us. So let's get into it. Let's look at Romans chapter 14, verse 1. We're going to start here. 
Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Okay, so him that is weak, we're supposed to welcome them. We're supposed to receive them. Okay, welcome the re... And notice the burden is on the more mature. That person who's weak, meaning weaker than you, because compared to God, we're all weak. Okay, but that person that's immature, that drives you crazy, the person who's coming in and they got their thing, their... Receive them, welcome the weak. The burden's on the mature to do this. So we receive them, but the verse says, but not to doubtful disputations. You, you know what disputations are, because that's when we all do that. It's when we dispute, when we argue. So receive somebody who's weak in the faith, but not to doubtful disputations. Okay? That's what the verse says. So receive them, but don't allow disputes to arise over differences. That's carnality. It's immaturity when we can't get along because we don't agree on every little thing. Sam presented today out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That is a difficult passage at best. Some of the people who I know best who know their Bible better than anyone else I know on the planet, they disagree about that passage. So what did Sam say? Look, I don't care. You can think of chicken. I, I don't care. Just we're not going to allow this to cause division because division will change the focus from making disciples, from walking with God, to all of a sudden, I'm right and you're wrong. No, God's right. We just can't figure it out because we're not smart enough. So we're... We're not going to let disputations arise. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, let's go on here, Will. There, go on. Okay, so we're going to receive them. We're going to welcome them. We're not to crush the weak. Someone disagrees with me. I'm going to get out my Bible because I've been in the Bible Institute and I know something now and I'm just going to destroy them. No, that's, that's not very nice. That's not very charitable. We don't humiliate others. We don't speak evil of them because that's carnality to do so. Now, there are those who come for the wrong reasons. There are people who come to this church and they have an agenda. Their whole agenda is to try to get us to do things the way they like them done. They want to change our theology. They want to get us to practice different things. They want to change our music or whatever. They come in with an agenda and their whole agenda, you know, they're on a mission from God to fix us or whatever. Okay, eventually those people will dispute. Like it'll prove out in time. They'll be in the lobby during service time and they'll be kind of, trying to gather away people that they might be able to convert to their particular brand of theology or music or speaking in tongues, like, like whatever it is that, that is their passionate preference. Okay, don't fall for that. We, we receive people, we welcome them, but not to doubtful dis disputation. We're not going to engage in that. Does that make sense? You guys follow me? Has anyone seen that happen? Anyone seen that happen? Yeah, okay. Okay. So, some things that we can see out of verse 1. First of all, weakness is not wickedness. So, look, some people have bad habits. I'm just saying, you know. Some, some people are, are uh, 
you know, he probably shouldn't smoke a pipe, but he's just, I mean, it smells so good, and it's just like how he relaxes. So, look, just just receive him. It's okay. Okay, all right, that's a little humor there. Okay, next. So, one thing to consider, weakness is not wickedness. Him that is weak in the faith, we'll get some examples. Look, it's not wickedness, it's just weakness, Okay. Don't treat it like wickedness if it's simply weakness. So, all right, let's move on here to to verses 2 through 4. I'm going to read these verses. Read them with me, just silently. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. Listen to this. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be held up, for God is able to make him stand. So, so the first, verse 1, we talked about receiving them. In verses 2 through 4, we're going to talk about resisting. We're going to resist judging and despising others. Now, the example is vegetarians. So, this, these are vegetarians for religious sake. Not for health's sake. It's not like someone with high cholesterol who's like, oh, I need to watch. And they're not. It's, it's someone who, for religious sake, in the old times, they would offer meat to idols during pagan festivals. And then it's like, is that okay to eat that thing that was offered to a pagan idol? Some of the Christians are like, yeah, eat whatever you want. We're set free from all that nonsense. Other people are like, oh, no, I could never eat something that was offered to an idol. Right? So... That's what they're talking about, the vegetarians. But we could still today, you could despise a vegetarian if you weren't a vegetarian. Or if you're a vegetarian, you could judge that like, an animal has to die, so you're not hungry anymore. Like, they could get all judgmental. That's how, I'm like, well, I mean, not like a puppy dog, but a cow, yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know. So, vegetarians don't judge. Non-vegetarians, don't judge. Okay, that's not our place. So we're supposed to resist judging and despising. Resist trying to change their minds. Okay, well, what are we supposed to do with them then? Okay, here's what you do. Focus on showing grace. Focus on receiving them lovingly. Someone comes and they're weak in their faith. Okay, what an opportunity for you to be Christ-like. Man, this person drives me crazy. Yeah, he drives everybody crazy. How would you like to be that person? Who every time you walk in the room, everybody just goes, oh, man. Here comes Chris again. I hope he doesn't see. Oh, he saw me. I'm going to. Chance for you to be Christ-like and love on that person. Show them the love of God. Maybe you're going to be the first person who's really just shown them the love of God. That's what we focus on. It's hard to be that person. I know it's their own weakness. But let's consider it weakness and not wickedness. Let's focus on on showing grace. Here's what the verse says. God has received him. So let's leave judgment to the Lord. If someone needs judged because of weakness, why don't you let God judge them? Here's, here's a, a thing that we're going to see as we move forward through the rest of this passage is that we need to consider the Lord. It sounds funny that we're in church and Christianity and talking about what the Bible says and it's like, well, don't forget God. 
But I, I know sometimes I'd be in my house and, and my kids would be like, stop touching me. Stop doing that. You shouldn't do that. And I'm like, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. Dad's here. If judgment needs to happen, I shall rise up and I will administer judgment. You guys quit bickering amongst yourselves. I'm right here. I got this covered. I'm watching. I'm dad. Sometimes it's like we're bickering back and forth. And God's like, look, don't forget, I'm omnipresent. I'm here. I am superintending. I am watching. I'm allowing certain things for a purpose. I'm causing things for a purpose. Are you, let's not forget the Lord's presence, the Lord's power, the Lord's provision. He's at work. That good work that he started in you, he's going to continue it. Oh, and the person sitting next to you. Don't judge. Let's let God judge. And let's just try to behave ourselves as we go through these things. But, but we're going to see that. In fact, let's go on here. Verses 5 and 6. Let's see. Go to the next uh, is that okay? So verses five and six. One man esteemeth one day above another. So our first example was vegetarians. Our second adva- example is people who like care a lot about religious holidays. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Okay, well, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So, you know, some people are like, well, Christmas is a pagan holiday. If you celebrate Christmas, that makes you a pagan or whatever. Other people, they're really serious about the Jewish feasts. Like, we're celebrating Passover at my house today. It's like, well, okay. We're not. Because I'm not under the law and I don't want to do that. I want to eat chili today. I don't want to eat. Okay. You know what? Be fully persuaded in your own mind. Go ahead. Do that. Why? Why is it that I can just do, I cannot, I'm going to celebrate Christmas. You don't celebrate Christmas. Okay, fine. Be fully persuaded in your own mind. How is it that we can say that? Like we know the Bible's true. Look at the next verse. Verse six, he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. He's doing it because He wants to, like, this is, they think that's going to make him right with God. They're doing it because they want to be right with God. He that regardeth not to the day, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth the Lord thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth the Lord thanks. Okay, so, regard is the next R. Okay, we want to regard what we do or do not do unto the Lord. So the more mature you are, the more you realize, I don't need Jewish feast days. I don't need festivals. I don't have to follow some sort of religious dietary guideline. Jesus Christ, through the finished work on the cross, has taken care of all that. Amen? Have you ever been under the law? Have you ever been under... Like someone who's, who's got you in bondage to their particular thing. It's onerous. Christ has set us free from all that. But if someone wants to, for some reason, like really focus on the Hebrew holidays and all that, well, they're, okay, go ahead. Just do it unto the Lord. Don't do it because you're in bondage to someone else. Just regard what you do as unto the Lord. Don't just go through the motions in life, right? We talked about this. Stop going through the motions. Wake up. 
Wake up to spiritual reality. Okay? But do what you do for a reason. Regard it unto the Lord. I wonder how well we do that. That we've really taken inventory of our lives. And I know that what I'm doing, I'm doing it because of what the Lord has done. So by the way, when that person comes in and they've got their passionate preference, whatever, and and then maybe it's weakness, okay? Listen, just give them the benefit of the doubt. If they say, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm here for really good reasons. I'm not trying to convert your church to a messianic, whatever. Okay, give them the benefit of the doubt. That's going to help you in conversations to come. We'll see that. So the verse, those verses, if God allows something, let's dare not disallow it. Let's not make rules and restrictions that God hasn't put on somebody, okay? Now, that doesn't mean they, they get to teach it here, Okay? So someone comes in, they're like, oh, well, good. Chris is going to let me do whatever I want. Well, yeah, you can do whatever, you can believe whatever you want. Now, you don't get to teach it here. Yes. You're missing a blank? Disallowed. Disallowed. I'm sorry. Disallowed. Disallowed. I don't think it was in there. Oh, sorry. I might have skipped it. Disallow. So if God allows something... Let's dare not disallow it. And then the next bullet point under verses 5 and 6, that doesn't mean they get to teach it here. Okay? We have an example here in Galatians 4 and 5. So let's go to those verses. But now, Paul writes to the church in Galatia, Galatia, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements when, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and times and years. So the Jewish teachers are coming back into the church and trying to get people to follow the Jewish festivals, Passover and, and, and so forth. Okay, Paul says, what are you doing? Why are you going back to these things, these things that don't matter anymore. I'm afraid of you, lest I've bestowed upon you labor in vain. The grace you've received, you're not living that out. So he, Paul's not letting these other teachers come in and just teach whatever they want. Here's what he tells them in Galatians 5, verse 1. He says, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So if someone wants to come in and they've got a passionate preference, you cannot touch alcohol. Okay, well, hey, listen, I'm not saying you should. But the Bible doesn't teach you have to be completely abstinent. We're Baptists. Don't, don't do that. It's naughty, whatever. Okay, I'm not promoting drinking alcohol and drunkenness is a sin. However... Someone's not going to come in here and teach in this class to be right with God. You can't ever touch alcohol. That is not biblical. We're not going to put you under that bondage. What I'm going to tell you is, why don't you pray about it? Why don't you seek out the Holy Spirit? Why don't you see what the Bible says and do that? And guess what? If you do that, are you going to be okay? Do I have to make rules about that? What about dress length, women? Like if it's, Above the knees. Okay, so I'm going to come in. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't dress in a way that causes all the guys to 
have to like go like this, right? Like you shouldn't do that to us. But are we going to make a rule and like bring in a tape measure? No, we're not going to put you under bondage, right? Anyone ever been in a church like that? Yeah. How that? How was that for you? No, we're not going to be under bondage. We've been given liberty and we're going to live it out. Okay. Verses 7 through 9. None of us live unto himself. Okay, wait a minute. Did you guys catch that? You don't live unto yourself. Anyone here feel alone? For none of us liveth unto himself. No man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Okay, so a couple things here. First of all, in life, we are his. He is watching over us. So recognize is, is, is the R recognize that we are the Lord's. Now, as His, as His people, as belonging to Him, as His, we ought not to have an attitude to judge or despise others who are also His. Right? I'm God's child, so are you. I shouldn't have like this judgmental attitude that now all of a sudden I get to despise you or judge you. And guess what? I've got some weaknesses. Well, you don't get to despise me for them, because so do you. I'm just someone who's fortunate enough to be a recipient of God's grace through faith. And what this verse describes, where Jesus Christ died, he didn't die for his sin. He died for our sins. Because we have a sin problem. Okay, All of humanity is born as part of a fallen race. Okay? We have a sin problem, death and misery, sin. All of that is around us constantly. We live it out. We see it. We experience it. We pray over it. It's part of our fallen nature. Okay? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. So Jesus Christ came to help us deal with our sin problem. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. That means spiritual death and physical death. Physical death entered in through sin, so did spiritual death. And the way that works is this. Someone has to die for sin. The wages of sin is death. Okay. Adam and Eve would have lived forever, except sin entered in. And then they had to be covered. They were closed with the skin of animals. Animals had to die to cover their shame, their unrighteousness. And then Abel, he had to sacrifice a lamb, and that was acceptable to God. And the nation of Israel, when they sinned, a lamb would have to die to cover and atone for the sins of the nation. And they did that at the temple, at the altar. And then John the Baptist came along and he's baptizing disciples in the Jordan River. And he looks up and he says, Behold! The Lamb of God who's come to take away the sins of the world. And who was he looking at when he said that? 
He was looking at the Lord Jesus Christ, God who became a man and dwelt among us. He lived a perfect life, but then he died on the cross, a sinner's death. Our sins put him in the grave. He didn't sin. He didn't die because of his sins. He died for our sins. So, so sin was paid for by death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ died. Now let me ask you a question. This is a really, really important question. Did Jesus Christ stay dead? No. No. You can't keep a good man down. There's only one man who's ever been good, righteously speaking, who kept the law and lived a perfect life. That's Jesus Christ. And he did die for sin and death, but he also conquered sin and death. He openly triumphed over the enemy. And now that he is risen, he can now justify us. And if we put our faith and trust in him, he can say, that's Bill. He has put his faith and trust in me. He is now one of ours. He is now in that sin that was hanging over Bill is there no more. It's been washed away. All the weight of the sins ever committed are washed away forever. And we are born again as sons of God, as daughters of God. All things are become new. All things are passed away. That's the gospel. This verse talks about Jesus dying and rising again. Some of you may be here today because you needed to hear the gospel in that way because you need to be born again. We're going to break up into small groups. And I'll tell you what, don't leave your small group without knowing that you've been born again. Verses 10 through 12. Remember is the focus on that one. Remember to focus on the day where you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for your life. This is what, how the verses read. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at not thy brother? Why, why do you consider him to be not worth much? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. This gives us, so remember to have to focus on the day where you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for your life. And I guess my point here is, I know your brothers and sisters are weak in their faith in some areas, and I know that drives you crazy. Okay, listen. Focus on navigating whatever tricky situations you find yourself in because of that. Focus on navigating those situations biblically. Because that's what you're going to answer for at the judgment seat of Christ. What did you do? What did you say? Not what did someone else do. Not did they drive you crazy. Not were they weak. But did you take the opportunity of someone else's weakness to love on them? You guys are looking funny. Do we miss some... some uh, oh, there we go. In life we are His. In death we are His. Speaking of death, let's talk about the judgment seat of Christ. That was my... Slick segue right there. I just jumped right over it. Okay. So we went from... <laughs> thank you, honey. We went from recognize to then remember. Okay. 
So remember, Will, let's, let's move on here. Okay, you guys got that one? Yeah. Okay, so next. <laughs> All right, you can get that in your small group. Focus on navigating your tricky situations biblically, not winning. Don't get sucked in to an argument by someone who has a passionate preference. I have not come this far. You have not come this far to get derailed by someone who's going to disagree with us. I mean, I know you hobbled in here on your arthritic knees and back, and I know you're, you're, you've braved and you got your Bible study started and you're trusting God and you're getting discipled and you're moving forward. We're going to let some silly disagreement derail us? Oh, God forbid. No, we have not come this far to let the fact that someone disagrees with you knock you off course. Amen? Amen. Oh, my goodness. We have a mission. Okay, let's go on here. Have a charitable mindset, seeking to edify others in their faith. So I'm going to receive them. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to do my very best to be encouraging. We don't let them hijack our small groups and run their own agenda, though, do we? We're not going to have disputations. But we're going to love and grow and encourage. And as much as possible, I want to edify people in their faith. Okay? Don't get deceived. Don't get sucked into bondage, carnality, and pride. When that person does show up to your Bible study and they just want to argue theology, don't fall into that trap. Here's my advice. Just go to the gospel. Just go to the gospel. Well, I believe in, uh, you know, I believe in a reformed five-point Calvinism. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, like, just, I mean, without even, just change the subject if you have to. Just give the gospel. Okay? Don't get sucked into the same thing. Don't answer a fool according to their folly. You're going to be just like them if you just get sucked into an argument. Does that make sense? Okay, protect unity while protecting the flock. Protect unity while protecting the flock. So I'm going to receive my brothers and sisters best I can. Okay, I've got weaknesses too. I'm going to just receive people and love on people, but we do have to protect the environment a little bit. Does that make sense? Okay, so how do we do that? Let's look at 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 26. Foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Just try to avoid them. Change the subject. Knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Okay, so we're all sheep. Sometimes we have to be sheepdogs. Okay. Okay, go to the next one. There's a, there's a sheepdog watching over the sheep. So, so let's do this. Let's break up into our small groups. And uh, if, you're, if you're a visitor, you're like, whoa, small groups, what? It's okay. It's chill. It's, it's not real threatening. Break up to our small groups. And then um, I'm just going to kind of loiter.